0: A study conducted in Germany last year showed that listening to music we consider sexy enhances the feeling of being physically touched by someone else. Researchers at the Max Planck Institute for Human, Cognitive, and Brain Sciences conducted experiments in which people listened to music as a robot discreetly stroked their arm. Sexy music was linked to increased arousal. Another study showed that listening to music can affect the way a date sees you. Women in the study in particular were more likely to consider a date attractive and desirable when listening to enjoyable music, and yet another study indicated that music can be up to 40% more sexually stimulating than touch. That's really interesting, isn't it? Think about it. Such research indicates that music affects the same part of the brain that sex and romance do which isn't really a big shocker, right? Anything that moves us emotionally Emotionally, can be very hot, don't you think? What does that mean for our sex lives and relationships, and what other factors turn us on or off big time? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin. I'm so thankful that you're listening. Today, we're going to explore these topics with multi-award-winning porn star Rob Piper. With Dr. Megan Fleming's help, we'll also weigh in for a listener who is turned on pretty much readily, except... When she's in bed. Before we dive in, a quick reminder to sign up for occasional Girl Boner updates at augustmclaughlin.com. I send them my email about once a month. Speaking of music, my last one actually included a playlist I put together for myself and for listeners. I share kind of highlights from behind the scenes, some upcoming events, and all kinds of cool stuff. You can also find my book, Girl Boner The Good Girl's Guide to Sexual Empowerment, on Amazon. If you find value in it, I would so appreciate a simple Amazon review. And don't forget, for sexy goodies, from lube and lingerie to toys for most any type of sex, head to thepleasurechest.com. Follow them on Instagram at Pleasure Chest Stores or Pleasure Chest Stores LA for their latest specials and classes, most of which are completely free in LA, Chicago, and New York. Now, I am so pleased to welcome my special guest, Rob Piper. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: How are you doing today? I'm blessed. You had a late night last night.
2: <sighs> yes, I did.
0: You were working till the Four, wee hours? Yes, and in the, the morning. And you still showed up, thank you. Of course. Is that common for you?
2: No, it's not. It was rare. Yeah. Normally, um, when shooting for Black Raw, it's late night shoots. But to tally over till like 4 a.m. was the latest I've ever done. And my four scenes that I've ever done for them. So, last night was pretty challenging.
0: <laughs> Man, <laughs> Let's I can just only say imagine, that. I can only imagine. So you were born and raised in New Orleans. Yes, ma'am. And you were in amateur boxing, right? And then you played football, yes. all before entering the porn industry. I'm curious about the transition between those careers and, and porn, what, what led you to it?
2: Well, I was born in Germany first.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Raised in New Orleans. Okay. But the transition was for me, um it kind of felt normal and it kind of felt neutral just because I'm used to an audience. I'm used to actually like entertaining and being in the midst of a crowd and actually having to fulfill people's standards of what they expect, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like all in all, This came very natural to me, Um, and at the same time, I love it. Like, I love, I'm a very highly sexual person. Um, I love giving what I would say women the best sexual experience that you can possibly ever have, and very confidently about that.
0: And the workplace as well as, you're talking about personal life too?
2: Personal life, I don't really have. I just kind of, like, leave it all on set.
0: Interesting. It's probably a lot of energy and trying to kind of balance that out. You mentioned earlier you're kind of an introvert.
2: Totally is. Um, I just had a struggle in life with, like, a lot of different situations, family, friends, people that I engaged and in, invested so much time and energy into that I can't get back. So it's like I just learned from my mistakes. Not saying that I'm, like, a person that's standoffish. Because I'm a very warm, loving, welcoming, I would help give the clothes off my back to any and everyone. But it's like, if I can sh- dodge something, I'd rather not put myself in something that I know for sure was going to come out of it. But I would love to be with someone at some point. But right now, whenever the universe aligns it, that's when it happens.
0: I appreciate your openness because I think a lot of people might think that anyone who works in the adult film industry, oh, they must be socialites all the time and and you're human just like the rest of us. And you need to refuel. Totally. Yeah. Did you grow up in a so a sexually open minded atmosphere?
2: I'ma say no. But I grew up in a sexually aroused atmosphere, very hands on. I learned as I went. You yeah, know what I mean, as I grew older, I learned different things. I got more mature within certain dynamics.
0: Probably didn't learn a whole lot in school. I imagine oh, most of us t- totally d- did. Did you learn anything? Did I you just, have that awkward sex ed class?
2: I just was a wow, one just running wild. Thought I knew whatever I knew. <laughs> I didn't learn as much as I learned about sex until I got to California.
0: Interesting. And was that because of the porn industry that you learned so much, or was it California?
2: One because of an ex. Two, porn. Three, lifestyle.
0: Mm. What's one of the biggest things you learned?
2: Just the different communities of people. You have your monogamous people who just live in that world. You have lifestyle people who live in that world. And you just have people who just, they just are who they are. Yeah. And you can't take that away from them.
0: Sure. Yeah, individuality is really important and respecting differences.
2: I feel like it's best just because, it's like, you're not really following anything. You're just being yourself, and you're okay with who you are as a person. And that's the one thing I see that a lot of people lack, Mm. knowing who they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a process, I think, for a lot of us. Definitely. So you really value music. Totally. All different kinds. And you did share some songs that you find very sexy. Before we get to those, I have a little quiz for you. It's one question. Go for it. It's pretty easy. It's okay if you don't get this. Uh, So there was a study done by Spotify, and they were determining what songs people listen to during sex, Mm -hmm. and they came up with a list. I'm going to give you five choices. Okay. Tell (laughs) me which one you think is the most popular for during sex. Okay. A, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, B, Watermark by Enya, C, Sexual Healing, Marvin Gaye, D, I'm Too Sexy, right, said Fred, or E, Who Let the Dogs Out, Bahaman.
2: I gotta go with Marvin Gaye, Sexual Healing.
0: I like that choice. That's probably the one I would have picked myself. But What is B? It's A, Dirty Dancing.
2: That's a great soundtrack.
0: It is a good soundtrack. That was
2: sparked my eye, but yeah. I didn't think. Yeah. Just because of like the legend Marvin Gaye.
0: Yeah. It surprised me. A lot of people me.
2: was birthed into this world for Marvin Gaye. <laughs> That's
0: probably true. <laughs> there are a lot of little children named Marvin or Gaye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Right. So your list is awesome. I thought it was really dynamic. What did you like about Sweet Love by Anita Baker?
2: Anita Baker is one. Sweet Love is just, it's a tune that It speaks to the soul, speaks to the core, like every word. Listening to her delivery of what she's yearning for, for love, and just to actually have a partnership with someone. It's beautiful. Yeah,
0: yearning is beautiful music. I really, it's emotionally, it resonates. Facts. Mm -hmm. Tempo by Chris Brown.
2: (sighs) Chris Brown is a very talented person tempo it sparked my it sparked me because it's like with sex it's a wave and however you catch the wave or hop on the wave or get caught in the wave that raft tallies so it's like i can start fast slow i can be very sensual i can be very intimate with you at a certain point but it's like all in all mix it and give it the. 31 flavors like Baskin and Robbins
0: <laughs> yeah the variety and exactly. the fluidity exactly. yeah I really appreciate that Share My Life by Kim
2: Kim is one person that's I don't think the world is really up on who he is when I was in high school my uncle put me on to him and it's like share my world share my life when you're birthed into like just life and put on this earth you was raised by a woman, you was raised by a man or a woman, so if I can't have this moment or this lifetime with the person and the one that I actually love and invested into, what am I living for?
0: Mm. it sounds like purpose having a sense of purpose is really important to it's you beautiful in in sexuality and and in life. I feel like there's so many parallels what we look for in sex often totally we look for it in life, yes, do you find that yes. Not the Only One by Kevin Gates.
2: Man, that's family right there. So it's like with Gates, it's just like, you know, seeing someone who's been through the struggle and like not even like tainted by what he's been through, not tainted by just life and circumstances, et cetera, but can deliver so much raw, real, unspoken words that people probably wouldn't say. I probably wouldn't even tell you. But for the most part, if you meet homie, the most genuine, honest, open-hearted, loving, giving person that you can possibly ever step within two feet of.
0: Mm. I feel that in his music, this song in particular.
2: His delivery is everything. And to know exactly his path and what he lived and what he's speaking in his music, it signifies everything. Mm.
0: Well said. This last one's really powerful. I was looking at the lyrics, Stay Woke by Meek Mill featuring Miguel.
2: Man. It's a struggle in America, you know, and as an African-American man living within the terms of society and different panels and different situations that's placed against us, Every day we got to fight, but never forget the color of what's on you just because not to be racist or anything like that because it's not, and I'm not, but it's the dynamic of reality. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you can't stray away from what he's delivering, what he fell victim to, or even what anyone in America fall victim to. It's real life, but yeah. if you don't actually go through it and witness it, You'll just think, oh, he's this, oh, he's that. Nah, it's real.
0: I have to say, when I moved to Los Angeles, I made the assumption that it's a very diverse place, therefore people of color really didn't have so many struggles, especially if they were, you know, educated and yeah. had all these privileges. And I remember this friend of mine who happens to be black, we went to a concert together, and afterward, she said something about, that she was the only black person in the, in the entire concert. And it struck me that I hadn't thought about that. Right. And I asked her, I said, do you, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel isolated? And she said, are you kidding me? All the time. And we were walking my dog and I have a pit bull and, you know, people have, stereotypes and stigmas and they're they're kind of mean to the sweet little pit bulls who are so amazing and so I was walking her and uh, my friend said because she has uh, a son and she said imagine you know the way that people say oh your dog is going to attack people imagine a son like what I have to teach my son and it it broke my heart and it opened my eyes in a way that I really needed to understand and, or at least learn about from her perspective because it never dawned on me that she faced racism. She lives in the suburbs. She has a master's degree. She's like every day.
2: And it's crazy because like, no matter how high you reach and how high you get in life, you're going to still revert back to one thing, the color of your skin. And as bad as it is, not technically that way, But it's like, all in all, you still have to remember. So that's why you got to push harder. You got to go extra harder just because the odds are against you.
0: Do you find racism within the porn industry? I mean, it's pervasive, it seems, in all facets of, of society.
2: I would say I personally don't experience those situations. But, I mean, it's still common in everyday life. You know what I mean? So it's like all in all, it's there, but I don't really encounter those situations. I don't really encounter those things. I mean, I treat everybody with respect, whoever I come across, man, woman, dog, kiss, like whoever, you know what I mean? So it's like all in all, I give you what I expect you to give me.
0: Yeah, that's a really good lesson for all of us. That's really what it is all about, right? Truly. What equality is. It's respecting everybody.
2: And I'm from the South, so it's like there's just a sudden hospitality that's just in me.
0: Yeah, I sense that. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So we have a really interesting question from a listener. Go for it. And we're going to hear from Dr. Megan Fleming of Great Life, Great Sex, and then I'd love for us to chat about it a little bit. It comes from a listener named Edith who wrote this. I have this weird thing where I don't get turned on in bed. I don't know if it's because I had a rough childhood, my bedroom never really felt safe or what, but I only feel like having sex in other rooms, mostly the living room or in bathrooms, and rarely on the bedroom floor. I can live with this, but it would be nice to be able to feel sexually excited in the place most people have sex. Is there a way to reprogram my brain around this? Thank you so much for your question, Edith. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say.
1: Edith, thank you so much for this question. And um, I think I want to start by saying, first of all, anything is possible. Um, There's so much we now know with uh, neuroscience and um, sort of the latest in imaging studies that really it is possible, in a sense, to rewire, retrain the brain, and there are many books to that, even with that title. Um, but I think the first part, you know, as a therapist, I'm always thinking sort of two on two sides. One is the why in a sense, how why is it? And it's interesting that you're not um, turned on in bed and yet fortunately are turned on in other circumstances or situations like the bathroom or the living room and as you said sometimes on the floor. So first of all, I want to think say that it's really great that there's resilience here that independent of what may have contributed to how why you're not aroused or it sounds like it's difficult to getting excited on the bed. It's not generalized, right? There are all these other situations and circumstances. And I imagine also with more than one partner that you're able to feel turned on and access, right, your own pleasure. So, um, so I just want to highlight that you've got a lot to work with because it's not like you're completely shut down and across the board and globally have no sexual interest, desire, or arousal. So really, this comes down to, in some ways, in terms of the why, as you said, looking a little bit at your history and what may or may not have happened, um, in, you know, sort of, and your family and, uh, you know, was it fighting that you heard or was there substance abuse? You know, did, did you globally not feel safe or particularly in your bedroom? You know, working with a qualified therapist or professional, um to sort of explore historically how and why there may be negative associations, right, to the bed or the bedroom. Um But then beyond that, why is always the how. And the how is then, okay, knowing what I now know, and sometimes knowing the why can be helpful in motivating the, okay, I'm totally going to do this differently. But it really is about how do I condition, you know, viscerally and in our bodies, a new experience um, or behavior. And so from that perspective, we can sort of – um adapt things from the, you know, from the behaviorists. Um, BF Skinner is known for what we call operant conditioning, and it really helps what we call sort of shaping a behavior, where basically you're rewarding successive ap- approximations of sort of the target behavior. So if the target behavior is, I want to feel aroused in bed, again, we would start like creating um, a checklist, and at, you know, so maybe it's in the door frame, or as you said, sometimes it's on the floor. So it, reinforcing and approximately getting closer and closer, you know, maybe it's leaning against the bed to ultimately on the bed. Um, so that might be something you could work with with a therapist. Um and especially looking at your thinking. I always say the biggest um sex organ is our brain. So more often than not, if you look at that internal dialogue, I sort of say like a cartoon bubble above your head, chances are For whatever reason, when you're in the bed, those thoughts up there aren't sexy. There's nothing erotic or, sorry, erotic, um, or arousing about them. And so that's another way of working is, again, how can you, When, if you're distracted or not having positive sexual images, can you flip into a fantasy? Can you focus on your breathing or on the smell of your partner's uh, perfume or cologne and maybe looking into their eyes? Like, how do you bring yourself back into the moment in a way that is arousing? and exciting. So there's just many ways both from a cognitive how we think and a behavioral how we act perspective that working with again a trained therapist I think can absolutely help you turn this around. And again it always feels great to have that range right to know that with the right partner and with the right circumstances right where you feel safe and relaxed and again to be we have to feel safe to be relaxed, and that is the foundation of arousal, that under those circumstances, to know you can get aroused anywhere, anytime. So as always, we'd love to know how it goes.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I loved her points about safety and focusing on other things. I also wondered if if Edith also is able to relax in bed when she's not being sexual, but is she able to sleep well? You know, Is it a peaceful place in other ways? Because I imagine if it's difficult sexually, it might also be difficult for relaxation.
2: And it's like, for me, my intake on it, I feel like it stemmed from childhood, from what I'm hearing. And it just carried over. And it was never handled addressed or dealt with in a proper manner to actually move further in those areas. So it's like, obviously, they're more vulnerable or they don't feel at their best or the most confident within those moments because of X, Y, and Z. But it's like at some point you got to like address yeah. the elephant in the room. there's
0: some room for healing it oh, sounds for sure. like. And we all have wounds from oh, for sure. childhood. And Definitely. Uh, there should be you know, no shame in that, but knowing that if you do address them, it might benefit other areas of your life.
2: It makes you a stronger person as well. I dealt with it before. Yeah. What and helped you the most? Just being honest and being upfront and open with self and honest with self about different things, but not being so negative and like vindictive towards whatever it was that I experienced or went through, towards whoever it was that I went through it with. You know what I mean? So it's like all in all, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for the situation. I'm gonna forgive you.
0: I was gonna say it sounded like forgiveness. What you were describing, totally. where you were able to turn a sense of of feeling vindictive, yeah. into peace. Because go. a lot
2: of people they don't know how to turn the other cheek. Most people just see negative and just like, oh, just let it be negative. Nah, you can remix this and fix this to be the most beautifulest gift that you can give back to that person.
0: Yeah, yeah, really good point. I also wonder if, I know Dr. Megan talked about different experiences with a partner, but I think masturbation would be a really healing thing to start there perhaps too, where maybe you could work on making that pleasurable first.
2: Sure.
0: I think there's such a nice freedom to exploring when you're by yourself, especially when you're feeling anxious or... Have you ever, I mean, since this is your profession, do you get anxious around sex? Totally, totally.
2: Like, I'm a highly sexual person, so it's like, for me, it's a norm. (laughs) It's a norm. I mean, one, we live in California. It's beautiful. Humans. Every left and right turn, your head towards, you know what I mean? So it's like, all in all, how can it not be? attracted by oneself
0: and how do you deal with uh, the anxiety parts when it does come up
2: i think that's when the industry kicks in because then you have the ideal thought of well, i can't be reckless because of my peers and my co-stars but then it's like i can deal with this in a different manner outside of and that's a part of just being more knowledgeable of how to go about things and know I me mean, more mature how to go about things so it's like all in all I think growth comes with a lot of things
0: yeah yeah checking in with yourself and, and always staying aware self-awareness yes. is so so big so speaking of turn-offs and turn-ons there's some interesting research around this too it's such an individual thing right okay. what turns us on what turns us off but Match.com does this survey every year called okay. Singles in America and they asked 5,500 millennials, what turns them off? And overwhelmingly, the number one thing, do you have a guess? Using the phone during sex, or not during sex, well, that too, because that's probably really a turn off, but during a date, using a phone. So texting someone, making a phone call, or taking a phone call, would you find that to be a turn off?
2: I mean, if it's business, it's understandable. It depends on how it's communicated. But for the most part, um, I wouldn't say I turn off. But I would say if you had to take that phone call, obviously I understand. Or certain things wasn't properly communicated for me to understand.
0: I gotcha. So communicating about it is really important. So if it's an emergency... Or you're expecting a call, making that clear, and not just in the middle of a sentence, just like starting to text somebody. That would be a different thing for sure. So some of the turn-ons that came up, and this is interesting because none of them are really about physique. There's only a couple that deal with, like, the body or appearances. Got it. But intelligence was a big one. Yeah, you like that one? Totally. Yeah, it's one of your Number one. Yeah? Kindness? Yeah. I feel like that's a really huge, huge, huge one. You know, the way somebody treats a server. It's true. How they treat people on the streets. It's true. Absolutely. And you and themselves, of course. Sarcasm was on the turn-on list and the turn-off list. So I guess it depends on the person. How do you true. feel about sarcasm?
2: Sarcasm, I'm not a big fan of it, but I get it. Yeah. I can deal with it. Um,
0: it can be funny in the right context. Totally.
2: I'm yeah. not, I'm not that sensitive guy that's like, you know what I mean? So it's like for me, I can laugh. I can joke. I yeah. can smile. I can take a joke. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. some people can't.
0: And yeah. And when the sarcasm gets really negative, that's when it's hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good teeth was one. You're flashing your shiny brights over there. You feel good about that one, right? Yes. Yes. That's a good one. I think there's a, a hygiene piece to that where people associate.
2: Totally. You know. It goes hand in hand to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which it's interesting because in the U.S. we have kind of a perfect teeth standard. You have amazing you, teeth as well. Oh, that's very kind. I did Invisalign it's okay. a couple of years ago. It's okay. You I have did. amazing teeth. I used to have, uh, I was really self-conscious of them. My eye teeth stuck out quite a bit. And when I was in middle school, somebody said to me, who I really looked up to, she said, you have such awesome teeth. You're like a vampire. And I was horrified. Oh, my gosh. It was it was so awful. I would start to smile in this really weird way where I like harm my mouth. And uh, it was interesting because then I went into the modeling industry. And because I was in high fashion, you don't really smile. Yeah. You just look really grumpy yeah. most of the time. And so it was fine. But then I started doing commercial modeling, and you have to show Smart. your teeth. Yes, and I, I couldn't believe I was getting jobs because in my head, my teeth stuck out like 10 feet. Like they were, <laughs> I mean, not that far. But I thought it was so noticeable. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got really comfortable with myself that I decided to do Invisalign for health reasons because you can have issues if your teeth are sticking out. You can get more tartar and stuff. Yeah. And I thought, this is so ironic. By the time I actually did something about it, I already was comfortable with myself, which is kind of nice because I wasn't trying to fix me. Yeah. Have you ever had something like that? Like something that you felt really self-conscious of you had to work through and uh, figure out?
2: I think sometimes I fluctuate back and forth with my masculinity. For us, like, when I first came to California, I was 240. Then I dropped down to 220 until 15 but I have a like very short compact torso so it's like everything sits here so instead of me having a long one I have a short one so I'm very compact so to look good on camera I had to drop weight a little bit more so I feel very comfortable with the fact of how my body looks on camera
0: that's the key isn't it getting comfortable with yourself and it's hard because when you are on camera all the time there's a different kind of pressure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Cuz I I feel like there's more openness again in the porn industry than say the runways. Of you course. know, it's there's much more diversity. Yes. But you're showing so much more of your body than most people do. Has that been strengthening for you or is it also it's vulnerable, right?
2: It can be vulnerable. It can be a strength and it can be a weakness. But for me, um I'm one person I was always dialed in with self. Um, I never really like, uh, I don't like this or I got to go on a diet or, you know what I mean? It just, for me, it just made me just go to the gym and just like work harder and work harder and harder and harder. So it's like, it's a challenge. Like for me, I love challenges. So my visual image of perfection is a challenge because I'm from the South. I love to eat. So it's like, that's that challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. I love food too, for sure. And I used to be really weight conscious and now I'm not, but I don't need to be because I can wear yoga pants all the time because I write, uh, but, which is very nice. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your personal turnoffs?
2: My personal turnoffs, hygiene, um, dishonesty. That's a good one. What else? Um,
0: How do you feel about white lies? If someone said to you, that shirt looks great on you, but they were just saying it to be nice, would that bother you?
2: Not really. I just take everything, certain things with a grain of salt. You just let things roll off you, don't totally. you? Yeah. I, I mean, heard. when you're more stationed in like to the core of who you are, mm-hmm. however you come, it just bounces off you.
0: Yeah. There's some turnoffs in this Medical Daily Report, too. One was... Vanity, being overly obsessed with your own appearance, which is different from caring, you know. Yeah, totally. Ha- is. Taking pride in how you look or, or looking in a way that you feel comfortable, I think, is, is great. It is. But if you are looking in the mirror behind your date or in your spoon or whatever to freshen up, you might want to uh, scale back a little bit. Long or dirty fingernails was a turnoff. Oh, interesting. Long fingernails. A lot of people have long fingernails. Both. Yeah?
2: Um, I'm a man. I don't like fingernails. Just because, one, I used to cook. I was a culinary chef. I was a sous chef. Um, Outside of that, sexually, it's for a lot of bacteria. And that's your hands is the most thing you engage and you touch and you act engaging with another human so it's like for the most part if you have long fingernails your hands are always dirty
0: Mm, interesting yeah and they're sharp often and you're dealing with really delicate tissue yes yeah that's a really good point whining was another one yes yeah that gets old doesn't it for sure doesn't have friends of the opposite sex was another turnoff that was listed hmm that's interesting that wouldn't occur to me as a I mean, I would notice, I guess. I just don't really think of the gender of my partner's friends, though, too much.
2: It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But I kind of feel like it's like looking a little bit too deep into the situation. Yeah. But it makes sense. Yeah. It definitely makes sense.
0: I think to me a red flag would be if they didn't have many friends at all. Yeah. It's fine to have a small group of friends. Totally, I just think that sometimes people who are a bit abusive, that can be a sign.
2: If oh, they for have, sure. No, no friends at all. Like no right. one there. Like literally no one. Yeah. I'm not gonna raise it. I'm just gonna.
0: Mark it. Mark it right there. Notice it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you want to notice it, and it is good when your partner date has a lot of different different friends. Doesn't have like to be it. a lot. I like it
2: Um, just because it just shows you exactly who that person is or the comfort level and how much you can trust that person within. So it's like all in all, it's like look at it for all positive elements. But the only thing that's going to come from it is exactly what you need to know. So it's like for me, I'm more of like a psychological person within any situation, but always positive.
0: That's good. Is your optimism inherent? Is that something that was born into you or do you work at it?
2: I work at it. I definitely work at it. Like I've never was always this positive guy, but I always had that good conscious of, well, what if this, or I had open mind to just like the possibilities of, so it's like for me, I never like never really closed that door. I always left it open.
0: It's a smart way to aim to be, I think, because without it, how do you have hope? If you can't see a bright side, and it would be hard.
2: If you didn't see a bright side, how can you elevate? That's true. How can you mature? How can you flourish within who you are as a man or a woman? If you just live within a cage-stricken like, mental process of like, whatever it is you think. Yeah. That's not positive.
0: Yeah, very true. So you recently were awarded Urban X Award, Male Performer of the Year. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank
2: you so much.
0: What does it feel like when you receive these awards?
2: This one, honestly, <laughs> was a breath taker. Cause I don't never expect things in any situation. I just be myself place myself within any element, any situation, and I'll be myself. I don't do things for a response. I do things because this is who I am. This is my energy. This is my zone. This is my world. This is my zen. This is just me. So it's like when I won that award, I was in a four long conversation talking with Jason Love. And we are just talking and talking and talking. And Vicky Chase was sitting right next to us. And she was like, why is everybody looking over here at us? And I look, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, Jason kept talking. And she was like, oh, my God, Rob, you won. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and just walked up there and just, like, accepted the award. And
0: So you didn't have anything prepared. Did you just speak no, from the heart?
2: But I spoke from my always. Like, everything that I always, like, deliver it's always from the heart. Like,
0: who, who did you thank the most?
2: One, God, my agency, and just the industry as a whole. Because if it wasn't for that three powerful forces placing me within and accepting me within, I wouldn't be here. Your so faith like,
0: seems really important to you. Always. Yeah. Were you born and raised... With a belief in God, or is that something you came to?
2: I always raised in that way. I was uh, I was raised in a very, very, very religious household. Um, not like really religious like that, but I went to church every Sunday. Sunday school, sung in a choir, <laughs> Bible study. Every Sunday, I was there. Thursday, I was there. Wednesday, I was there. <laughs> so it's like as Willingly, a
0: kid. What, did you enjoy it? I totally it? did. Yeah. Because of community and...
2: I learned a lot about the books of the Bible. As I grew older, I understood more of what I didn't understand when I was a kid. Just going through the motions. But now as an adult, I can reciprocate everything in a better way.
0: That's really beautiful. I completely see a synergy between sex work and spirituality. A lot of people don't. What do you just say to somebody who says, "But how you can't do porn and also believe in God"?
2: What do you come from? That's my answer.
0: How do people respond to that?
2: They can't, or I would say, do you know history? Because if you know history, history gives you the blueprint of things that you possibly would have never thought of. So when you see sex workers acting out, X, Y, Z, etc it's not just from something that some guy or some woman just put on a paper and said here act that out nah it comes from a real place so when you have the um the Jews you have like um the Hindus and like all of these different strong ethnics from back then insects was normal people don't know that
0: yeah. I'm sure they're really shocked if you bring that one up. Of course. Yeah.
2: That's what, like, for me, like I love I don't like conversations of debating. Cause I'm not the guy to debate. Because I can hold a conversation with you and we can go we could bounce back and forward off each other all day. But when I feel your delivery is if you feel like you know what you're talking about, mm. you're right.
0: Yeah, it's the difference between having a conversation to understand where each other are coming from and just being argumentative and wanting to school somebody, especially if someone's talking to somebody in the sex industry and they are not in the sex industry. Hopefully they come to you wanting to understand that would be ideal.
2: And I think even more so too, I just think people should just also just like naturally inside the sex industry or outside, just naturally just enhance yourself on history in general. Like, for me, I'm a big research guy. Like, I love to research. I love to read. Like, I love to, like, dig up different, like, articles. And when I see certain things, I'm like, okay, dang. For real? All right. And I go research that. I go find that link or whatever it is that I've, they're talking about, and I go read it. And I reference it back to certain things to see if it's, like, literally me legitimate. And if it's not, and if it don't make common sense to me, that's the other dot right I there. wish
0: everybody did that. I feel like we have access to so much so information. much information, yes. and it's easy to get caught up in just the the headlines and the myths and and hearing just what people say in the community around you instead of digging deeper and going, wait, maybe I should really understand this and where it came from. And totally, yeah, people don't
2: take their time to actually like just, just research the fine print of yeah. Some things are coded. I agree. But for the most part, you have common sense. And if you picked up a book and read, you know what's what and you know what's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Reading is super, super important. Definitely. For sure. Where can people learn more about you and your work? I know you're on Twitter. You have all kinds of work available people can watch and enjoy.
2: Yes, I'm on Twitter at Rob Piper, triple X. My Instagram got deleted sorry it sucks yes it does that happens so much yeah they've changed their terms they've changed i think chairman of people who was like running it so now it's like a whole different team and a group of people who came in but it's like for me i'm just if you want to know more about me just ask me questions and i'll answer it the best way i know how in the most honest way that i know how to answer anything so that's really me just like,
0: reach out find you and Ask whatever questions you have. I'm honest in any situation. That's awesome. What what advice would you give listeners who want to enhance their sex lives or their relationships? I know you talk a lot about knowing yourself and self-awareness. How can people work toward that so that they can enjoy these benefits in the love and sex realm?
2: Silencing your ego, one.
0: How do you do that?
2: You got to silence the noise. Yeah. Meditate if you, if you can. That's a good way. But if you can silence the noise in your brain and just don't think, just allow yourself to be in tune with your inner self. Treasure intuition and just float. And if you do that, life's a breeze. You don't overly like stress yourself out. You don't overly strain your mental process with. Oh, I thought this. I feel like this, but nah. Go with what you honestly actually feel. And if you don't feel it, don't do it. And leave it at that. And if it's something you don't know, ask a question. Pull a person to the side and ask certain things. Pull a person to the side and ask them about different information that they can enhance you with, that they may know. But I want to learn too. Teach me. A lot of people are not Willing to be students, they want to be the teacher. I love both. Hmm. I'm a sponge for knowledge.
0: Brilliant advice. Thank you so much for sharing and for opening your heart today, and, and for being here after your crazy night. It's okay. It's been fun talking to you.
2: <laughs> it's amazing being here, and I thank you for having me.
0: And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes. If you haven't, you can also find us on Spotify and iHeart Radio. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.